Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're happy to be here today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and a producer, and it's the end of June. We're halfway through 2020. Woo! Oh, God. Woo! God. Julie, 2020. Yeah, what's happening there? Hey, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm a podcaster, an empty nester, uh, urban nana with five grandchildren. And I'd like to give a $5 shout out to my big black lab, Oliver, who just turned two years old. And he, Oliver, happy birthday, Oliver. Yeah, he enjoys lying in the closet listening to us talk. He likes the sound (laughs) of conversation. Yeah. The perfect dog for you. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. Uh, I live in Santa Monica, but right now I'm in Bend, Oregon. And I would like to issue a retraction. I would like to start today's show by issuing the retraction. I think on a previous episode, I had said this is the summer to take a road trip because obviously you don't want to take a plane trip or a cruise. And okay, I just road tripped up from Santa Monica. No, it sucks. No, it's just, it's just... (laughs) It's not the summer that's, of road tripping either. Is that you your know? official AAA report? Yes. It sucks. Okay, great. Well, okay, you're sort of you're gloved up for, or I was gloved up for all of the rest stops and gas stations. So you're just always on the alert and obviously masked. You know, you can't stop at some cute little town and find a nice little local cafe for lunch or dinner because you're not going to any restaurants. Nope. So I ended up getting to my. I drove ten hours the first day. Got to a motel. And I'm there like 5 p.m. I'm a prisoner in my hotel room until I leave the next morning. And I ended up just laying on my very uncomfortable bed watching Lady from Shanghai with Rita Hayworth and Orson Welles on Turner Classic Movies. So that is not a good road trip. So just saying. Just... But I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here in Oregon. It's very beautiful here. So glad I made it. (laughs) It sounds like it, Liz, you'll be there pretty much all summer because you just so uh, don't want to take a road trip home. So fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You never know. All right. Today on the show, we are going to talk about that darn pandemic. It seemed to Uh it seemed to come back with a vengeance this week. I know at our house it did. So and at Julie's house, too. So we're going to tell you all about that. Um, We have some natural world news. Let's take Uh it. Let's take it out of this atmosphere, right, Jewel? You've exactly. got a story. Yeah. You've got a story. Yeah. What are you bringing us? Uh, the Saharan dust storm, Leanne. Okay, you got to know about it. Uh, it's a f- impacting all of the south uh, southeast of the United States, and it's not one, but it might be two. How about that? Wow. I don't. I don't wow. understand what that is. I'm glad you're explaining that, Julie, because yes, I have no I idea what that. 
Well, I have a story from astrophysics because, you know, I enjoy reporting on astrophysics from time okay. to time. Um, usually only the first couple paragraphs of the story, because beyond that, I don't understand it too much. But this is kind of a cool story. And I have a very charming story about zoo animals and they miss us. Uh, they miss us. Um, Julie, Nana Camp is bringing some tips. That's I have what's tips happening. for everyone because uh, people all over the country are running their own camps this summer. And I, uh, as an experienced uh, camp administrator, I have some uh, some good tips for 2020. All right. And then, Liz, I have some tips for you. You're going to be making uh, the ice cream watermelon for the 4th of July. I've made it many times, so I have my watermelon tips. Yes, that's it. It's the Cooking with Liz 4th of July extravaganza that will happen July 1, 2, and 3, Leanne. So I need all the tips I can get. All right. And we have some more um, entertaining sisters recommendations and a few other things. So it's really a full show, but we have to start with some breaking news reported that uh, entertainer, writer, genius Carl Reiner died last night in his Mm. sleep at 98 at his home in Beverly Hills. That what really made me sad this morning, didn't it? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. yes. What a lovely guy. Just, yeah, it made me sad. Even though he had a rich, full life, you know, right. lived it to its fullest. But still, we need all the funny guys we can get. <laughs> kind and funny guys. That was, that was, I think, the combination yeah. that was so impressive and made him so great, you know? Right. Yeah. He didn't, his comedy wasn't mean. It wasn't snarky. It was just genuine. It came from a, both a smart place and a silly place, which made it wonderful. Of course, he was, uh, you know, the creator of the Dick Van Dyke show. He directed all of Steve Martin's super funny movies, like The Jerk. Uh, he's How about as- The Russians Are Coming? He did that <laughs> movie. That was, that's a classic. That's, 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 his, mo- that's his movie, too. I didn't realize yes. that. Yes. He literally did everything. Like when you look, I mean, he he did everything. He worked on Broadway. He got his big start, of course, in the famous writing room of the show of shows where, um, you know, that writing room is legendary. It was Reiner and Mel Brooks and Woody Allen and Larry Gelbart, uh, it, you know, Neil Simon. They were in the writer's room there. And um, but mainly he's best known for being a guest on Satellite Sisters twice. Wouldn't you, <laughs> you say that about Carl Reiner? He did it all, including early, like, (laughs) proto-podcasting. I know. You know, we were so nervous when we were having him on for the first time. Like, he's a giant star. Yeah. And he could not have been nicer, right? I just, that was such a great interview. He was so nice to us. It was so fun. And, uh it was, it was super moment. early on a Saturday morning. His book, My Anecdotal Life, had just come out, which, is, again, super funny anecdotes about a super funny life from an incredibly funny writer. So if you just want to lift your spirits, you can pick that up today. Uh, My Anecdotal Life. So it was 2004 and we were nervous. I mean, I, he, I'm a huge fan of his. And uh, and we called him Mr. Reiner. And <laughs> it was super early in the morning because we recorded that show at 6 a.m., on Saturday mornings, but you know what? Old guys are up. So he was up. I mean, (laughs) he was good to go. He probably been up since 3 a.m. And remember the first thing he said, he goes, wait, this is, you created a radio show, five sisters living in different places. Oh, that's a really good idea. That's what Carl Reiner said to us about Satellite Sisters. That's a really good idea. Like after that, (laughs) I didn't care about any of the snarky reviews. We got anywhere else. That doesn't matter. You idiots. Carl Reiner said it's a good idea.
<laughs> yeah, he seemed he seemed fascinated by how it all came together. As I recall, he started like asking you questions, Liam. Anyway, yeah. they, what a just just a, a lovely guy. It could not, and that show was live. That's when we were on the radio. So like anything went. He just said whatever he wanted. We laughed. It was great. <laughs> right. And then he was on again, uh, and I think in 2006 when he had another book out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I just felt very privileged to have talked to him twice. I mean, he really is a genius, a writer. Yeah. What a creator. What a writer. I even enjoyed, I was an early follower of his on Twitter. And -hmm. uh, and then he kind of exploded. Now he has like almost uh, like a quarter of a million followers. But in the early days, used to be he used to respond to tweets. If you said nice things, he would respond. So we had a little Twitter relationship too. Uh, So uh, that's nice. He was a good one. He was great. He will be missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that book, I mean, if you're interested in writing uh, the, My Anecdotal Life, when he talks about that writer's room, it's a classic. Also, I would recommend, like, if you're interested in what it was like to write comedy, uh, the Neil Simon's memoir, Rewrites, also has a lot. He was in the writer's room as well, and it also has a lot about that time period. And those are both two great books if you're interested in early comedy and writing and what it takes to be a professional writer. But um, you will be missed, Mr. Reiner, but what a life. Yes. What a life. Yes, what a life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. On the flip side, uh, boy, the pandemic seemed to come roaring back this week. Remember the pandemic? Well, it's still yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Didn't go away, no matter how many bars we opened. It's so surprising right. that didn't work. It's really surprising yeah. that it just didn't. And, it didn't realize it was unwelcome and just slink away. I know. So, and here in Texas, I know there are going to be multiple PhD public health theses about the spread of coronavirus by tubing down the Brazos River. <laughs> but apparently, that doesn't work either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I the LA Times today had a front page story about really like Memorial Day and Father's Day and graduations that that combo was like the triple whammy for yeah. p- people getting together and thinking, "Oh, it's just my family and friends, it'll be fine." And it's not so much. Yeah. But um so three things ha- or two things happened last week. Uh, in our household, my older son tested positive for corona- coronavirus for COVID. Oh, yeah. It's not it's not the slightest bit funny, but um, I'm only laughing because he's fine now. He That's thinks good. he got it on set. He finally went was going back to work. He has been so careful. Uh, I have to say, for him, he just wanted to get back to work. He did not want to go back to bars or restaurants. And because he's a freelancer, he's you know he's been doing nothing and making no money for three months. So uh, he feels like he might have picked it up on set. But he called Father's Day. I checked in. I was like, we have only seen him three times. since. So you've my- been very careful, Leanne. Yeah. And I have, I should mention, I have in-laws that are very compromised. So, uh, and and I'm I'm not 100% either based on what I've gone through. So, um, so we've seen each other outside at a distance. And the last time we saw him was his birthday, June 6th. He came by. And so Father's Day, I said, did you want to, you know, come by? And he said, you know, I have a little headache. I I think I'll probably just lay low. I don't want to put you guys at risk. And he, he's a kid that's had, uh, I mean, he hasn't breathed 
normally since the fourth grade. As you said, I haven't smelled anything since I was 10. Like he has allergies. <laughs> so <laughs> the loss of smell sense, he, he didn't have that. Have that. Like he's been he congested his whole life, like oh. the headaches. And believe me, he, we've gone to doctors. We've seen specialists. If you wouldn't look at them and think, well, there's a compromised kid. No, you know, I nursed him for 14 months. So I, I don't know where he got all these allergies and there were a lot of allergies. So he thought it was just allergies. He had a really bad headache, you know, oh, I don't have a fever, but then you have to remember, I don't also don't have a thermometer. You know, he's a 25 year old guy. <laughs> guy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. there are a lot of people that can't get a thermometer. So yes, I could so, have long story short, three days, he didn't come over father's day. He said, I think I'll just lay low just to be super cautious. Well, good thing. Because yeah. three days later, the headache around and he called a friend of his, it was a nurse who said, you know, you probably have it because there's nothing else going around, which was very sensible advice. So he went and got tested at Dodger Stadium. And by the time he got tested, he was feeling better, but he did test positive. He waited in line two hours. He tested positive. He's 100% on the men now, uh, but he's laying low. He has like five more days to be quarantined. He let the people know he was on set with, but he really doesn't know exactly where he got it or where he picked it up. But yeah, can yeah. I just say, this is his second pandemic because he also I, got the H1N1. Really? He got, I, yes. I don't, I mean, oh, I remember he was really sick too, right? So yeah, he got it as freshman year of high school in the middle of soccer tryouts. He went down with the H1N1 and it was, remember, they had a vaccine for that in January uh -huh. or something. Yeah. And this was November. He got it like a month before. Oh. So one of the few people who has actually participated in several pandemics and he's like, oh, the bird flu was much worse than COVID. So, oh, oh God. Well, I'm it's so glad. scary, though, because you don't yeah. know. I mean, you don't you know reading about these people and comes back with a vengeance or right. it's just, you know, or they just crash or something. So right. it's good. That I know he has because I've talked to him. I know he's been super careful and taken such good care of himself. I know. So yeah. just goes to show that anyone can get it. Really, yeah. it's right. nothing to mess around with. Right. And he probably will never find out exactly where he got it. That it no. seems like the tracing is hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, he went through the health department to get the test, but it's not like they spend a long time counseling you. You're in your car. They give you the swab. Yeah. He swabbed it. You know, all the information is on big boards on the side of the drive-through area. And they give you a slip of paper and then they have his cell phone if they want to follow up. But I, you know, it's not a, it's, it's not a long doctor's consult. So he's mm -hmm. just doing what the big board said. He said, you, it's 14 days or three days past your last three days past when you feel a hundred percent, whichever okay. is longer basically. And he doesn't feel a hundred percent. Yesterday yeah. he said he felt a hundred percent yesterday, okay. but okay. he's going to well, wait, that's... but the 14 days would be longer. So he's going to wait the full 14 days till this weekend. And then, uh, you know, so, but that's, but so the, I mean, there it's, what's incredible is I've known four people that have had this. And they've all had completely different experiences yeah, from yeah. asymptomatic to in the ICU, getting the last rites and survive, yeah. you know, right. I mean, and every, everything in between. So, well, so we had that, we had that. And then my other son, like, I don't want to go into details, but he's coming home. He's oh. going to, you know, it's heartbreak was involved and that's all I'll say. He's going to okay. come home, but okay. we couldn't. You know, it's an 1,100-mile drive. He used to pack up everything. There's a time crunch. And 
normally one of us would have flown up there and helped him and then driven home because that's a long drive and you just want people yeah. to be safe. But we couldn't even get flight. One, you know, Brooks can't go because he's sick. I can't go because I'm compromised. And yeah. then Barrett couldn't go till the holiday. And it, just the flights were non-existent or $1,000. And and so he's on his own packing up. And <laughs> he was, no, he's yeah. going to have a nice road trip like uh, Liz. <laughs> yeah, he'll enjoy it. Just tell him to bring pl plenty of gloves. Gloves are the key. I mean, it did. It just sort of kicked us. It just kicked us. Dad kicked us when we were down last week. You know, yeah. so, uh, yeah. so it's nothing to take lightly. It's uh -huh. nothing to take lightly. Well, you know, sisters, last week I had a not so close encounter with COVID nineteen myself, and I too have become a data point, as my husband said. All right, the situation was. Uh, over a week ago, I played tennis with plenty of air and plenty of social distancing. We also played tennis in a way where we rotated partners every 15 minutes. One of the players who was asymptomatic when we were playing with her on the court, the next day be, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So, of course, okay, then I immediately quarantined myself out of an abundance of caution. I talked to my doctors. They said it's they said it's rare in that situation with an asymptomatic person that you would that you would contract uh, contract it and with good social distancing. But they said you should I should get the test. They said to wait five days because the doctor recommended that there's a high degree of false negatives if you you know have exposure to COVID-19 and then immediately go get the test. They said it, the test is much more accurate if you go five days out. So that's uh, so I have been sitting by, <laughs> sitting by myself. For, I was sitting by myself for five days. Um, but here's the thing: I, during this time, I I was I am very convinced that I had good social distancing um, on the tennis court because I know I am not a six foot girl. I am more like an eight to 10 foot girl. Like I, <laughs> I, I do not let get people get close to me. I mean, I can barely hear what people are saying because I'm standing so far away from them, you know? And I'll just say, even on the court, uh, I let a lot of balls go down the middle because there was no way I was crossing that Maginot line <laughs> to get too close. I mean, I rather lose the point uh, uh, during COVID-19 than get within six feet. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't, I get eight feet. That's why, that's where you lost. Yeah. So, um, so I waited my five days. I went in, I had the, I had the test. Uh, it was negative. Okay. Which is great. And I think it speaks to, it speaks to the social distancing. All of the other players that were on the court with this woman have also tested negative. Now, I was a little concerned about the test because, I, you know, I've read all these things that it's this giant swab and I imagined it was going to be like some Egyptian mummification procedure where they're sticking the, the swab right, you know, you know, I didn't know how far into my head they were going. It's nothing. I, I just want to tell you, like, it's, it's not a pap smear. It is so easy to do. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Okay. So what you're saying is men are babies. Men are babies. <laughs> like men are babies. It is not like it's not like, yeah, it's not a mummification procedure. They just, it's like a, it's a swab. They and it's very, you know, very fast. Again, Lynn, in a car situation, I did go into a building for the test, 
but waiting for the procedure and after the procedure and the doctor spoke to me, <laughs> they come to your car and they give you the, give you the results. So, um, so I'm continuing okay. to lay low. I mean, I was negative continuing to lay low and, but I, I suggest everyone just, just back up a couple steps there. Yeah. You know, just yeah. Give yourself real, you know, cause pe people don't know what six feet is. Okay. I think aim for eight to 10 feet. That would be much better for everybody. Okay. It's just really hard to do in practical situation. You know, if you're actually working and that stuff, it's just, it's some, some jobs it's really hard to do. I think it's pretty easy to have that barrier shrink very quickly if you're right. in certain situations. Uh, right. so, uh, so yeah, it came roaring back last week and, uh, and there you go. Well, Julie, we're certainly glad you're well, certainly yes. glad you're well. Yep. That was yep. scary. That was scary. Well, I have one very minor piece of good news. Uh, okay. You know, uh, as I mentioned, here I am up in Bend, Oregon for uh, what may be a very extended holiday. I, I have no way of knowing. Uh, but because I was leaving Santa Monica, I was thinking about, you know, I've really tried to stay out of grocery stores as much as possible during the whole pandemic, only going to the store once a week for emergency supplies. So I had signed up for that Imperfect Foods box that I was getting that I talked about on the show that I like so much where you're getting vegetables. So it's like a farm box, but you can also order fish and chicken and beef if you want. Anyway, they don't have that here in Bend, even though it's a natural national franchise. I checked on that and I couldn't just switch my delivery um, address. So Leon, I know how much you love ButcherBox, <laughs> if yes. sponsor of Satellite Sisters. This is not an ad. This is just how happy I am. So you always talk about how you think it's really super high quality stuff. So a couple of weeks ago, when I started to think through my food supply in Bend and trying to have it come to my door, I tried to sign up for ButcherBox box but could not get on the list i was oh. put i was put on a waiting list so but now like many of you you know recent high school graduates who are getting into colleges you never thought you would get into you're getting those <laughs> you're getting those in off the waiting list notices i got an in off the waiting list notice from butcher box <laughs> so i'm very excited that i uh yeah that i gained entrance to the prestigious club that is uh butcher box subscribers so uh starting to get everything lined up here for my you know here in bend i mean i'll still be you know isolating the same way i was in santa monica i have no intention of going out and, and socializing but here i do have a backyard that I don't have in Santa Monica with a nice big grill. So I'm looking forward to doing some grilling now that I got in off the waiting list, people. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, Liz. For... We know you worked hard. You deserve the butcher blocks, box. <laughs> you deserve it, Liz. I want you to have a wonderful time with butcher blocks. Thank you, Julie. It's going to be the best four years of your life. <laughs> butcher box. Yeah, they were a sponsor. I, you could try yeah. the Code Sisters. So that was like three years ago. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's how I discovered them. And we've been getting it ever since. So uh, they got kind of overrun there at the beginning of the pandemic. That's why they had to put people on a, a wait list. So yeah. I'm glad you have it, Liz. Glad yeah. you have it. I'm psyched. All right. Uh, when we come back, we have news from the natural world. That's exciting. But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz, summer is coming up. And you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, 
Yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is <laughs> what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy <laughs> meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate free, and wild caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. All right. News from the natural world. Julie, tell us about these dust storms. Okay. Well, you know, this is 2020 and it's the year that keeps on giving with the coronavirus, the murder hornets. They have locusts in India. But now we have a Saharan dust storm. So it comes from Sahara and it's the hot desert wind is carrying a massive cloud of dust to the southern United States. Okay, so it's pretty routine. These happen from, you know, they happen from time to time. Um, But here's the thing. This year, this is the biggest dust storm in decades, of course. Okay, so and if you live in... And if you live in the southeast uh, part of the United States, you know what I'm talking about. Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, the Carolinas, and as far north as Indiana and Ohio. Liz, it's trillions of dust grains coming at us. Julia, I can't. So wait a minute. So this whole dust thing, it like rumbles across the whole Atlantic Ocean and hits the United States. Really? Wow. What happens is it comes with the jet stream, Liz. It's just coming right across uh, with on the jet stream. So wow. it's kind of okay. cool as a natural phenomenon, and it happens all the time. <laughs> Theoretically, it sounds Theoretically, very cool. and then these these trade winds pick up this plume and bring it all across the Atlantic Ocean, and wow. it's coming at us. And it's trillions of grains of of of, of dust at you. So. The sky looks milky white is like, all I can say is like when you're outside, it's like, what's, what's with the, what's with the atmosphere? It's sort of weird. It's a weird light. You know, Mm. you really notice the difference. Leon, if you have, you know, a son with allergies, this is killer. This is just (laughs) a killer. Okay. Okay. Oh, he's, he's in then he's going to participate. (laughs) Okay. So. Uh, so it's just, you just can't even believe it. So they've had this one massive plume. Now they're also watching. There's a second plume that looks like it's going to, it's going to do the same thing that, um, that it's going to 
pick up and come on over and visit us in the United States because we don't have enough things going on here. So there, there are two silver linings to this massive Saharan dust storm. One is you get spectacular sunsets because because of all the dust in the in the air, right. you know. Oh, yeah. You get the, uh, like the pollution. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. It, it's just they're brilliant. They're brilliant sunsets. Okay, so that that's positive. The other thing that might be positive that scientists are saying is that when this dust is coming over, it's actually cooling the air which is a good thing and that may may help in terms of this the colder air could impact the hurricane intensity for this upcoming season yes because we have those to look forward to that hurricane, hurricane season just started in june you know starts in june goes through the you know the end of september so in some ways maybe this saharan dust storm is going to help us with hurricanes okay (laughs) <laughs> okay sure wow Re- really looking on the bright side there well i was Thanks. trying as hard that's as a real, that's a real pick-me-up <laughs> okay so the just... natural world keeps on giving <laughs> wow. that's what i got well i'm gonna uh just take a little dip into astrophysics here for a second you know we like to cover that on satellite sisters every once in a while and yesterday Today, huge news from the astronomy, the world of astrophysics. In fact, astrophysicists were calling it, and this is a quote, super exciting. So that's, I mean. <laughs> wow. I know. Well, I know. I, it's, like, it's like the dust storm. My husband got it. He's really worked up about it. He just thinks right. it's just so great, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, yesterday's news from an astro- astronomers at Caltech, they claim to have seen a flash of the merger of two black holes within the milestone of a third far bigger one. Now, just picture it. Two massive black holes colliding and then oh, it gets sucked into this third far bigger black wow. hole and they see okay. this flash of light, for lack of a better word. I mean, that's pretty exciting. It's super that exciting. Is exciting. That's I can't, the, so that's I, the I, first time they've ever seen a flash? Yes. Yeah, Remember, wow. it was only four years ago that they heard quote heard with the gravitational forces the collision of two black holes with that ligo remember that big ligo oh, yes. discovery uh-huh. right uh-huh. right right we talked we talked about that we covered that in depth <laughs> we tried not really <laughs> in depth not, not yeah. in our in our own shallow way we covered that in depth yes okay so the laser interferometer gravitational wave observatory or ligo right yes so now they've seen this flash, which is kind of great. And what's shocking, it's like this, it's like the descriptions of the Sahara, like that this happened such a long time ago. It happened four billion years before now. <laughs> what? Okay. Really? How's that even possible? And these supermassive black holes are a hundred million times more massive than the sun. What? <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. Wow. It's nuts. So what they're saying is if the results hold up, it would mark the first time that colliding black holes have produced light as well as gravitational waves. And here's a quote from Dr. Matthew Graham of Caltech. He said, we have seen a visible sign from a previously invisible part of the universe. Which kind of gives you chills, right? Yeah. It does. does And I think it's really... It's really good to think about things like that. It takes yeah. your mind off what's happening. 
happening down here on Earth. Yeah, yeah. It takes like your it. mind off the fact that it's only Tuesday. You know, it's, it's only it gives Tuesday. you a really, really different sense of time. And you're going to get covered in dust. So just think about those exploding black holes. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. We're going to have a link to the whole article. I'm not going to try to explain all of the article to you, but the first couple of paragraphs, I feel like I nailed. And uh, that's that's in satellitesisters.com. In the meantime, the feel good article of the week is uh, from the Washington Post about how zoo animals are surviving without us. You know what, Liz and Julie? What? Some animals miss us, right? Oh, they we've do. Seen, yeah. We've seen a lot of awesome stories about animals repopulating the national parks and neighborhoods and reclaiming nature, but not the zoo animals. They're stuck in those cages, you guys, and they miss us. <laughs> so how so a reporter from the Washington Well, here's how, Julie. A reporter from the Washington Post went to a zoo <laughs> and <laughs> talked to the zoo. The interviewed yep. the animals. <laughs> Did some some reporter named Dr. Doolittle. Uh, (laughs) All right. So, uh, so yeah. So Anna Peel went to the Cape May County Zoo. Not a huge zoo, not a famous zoo, but she went there. She talked to the zookeepers and she observed the animals. Now, some animals don't miss us. The reptiles, for instance, don't miss us at all. Reptiles are something called heuristic. Have you ever heard that term? Me neither. I had to look it up. It means they pop out of the egg and they're on their own and they are not social and they don't really want to interact. <laughs> so okay. that's like, I don't, I don't want to interact with them either. So that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So alligators, crocodiles, snakes, they don't miss us. But yeah. anecdotally, some of the animals that do, how about Gil the cockatoo? Julie, he misses us. Gil is so lonely. <laughs> Gil is used to interacting with people all day long. He's a big hit at the zoo. He yeah. was so anxious from the lack of interaction that he started like pecking at his own skin. Well, that's no oh, good. Wow. Right? Yeah, no, Gil. No, no, don't do that. Don't worry. They dressed him in a natty little outfit. And so now he can't get at himself. He has a little vest on and they put a little tutu on him and he's very happy now. Okay. You know who else misses us, Julie? The otters. The otters. Oh, love they love uh, to show off. Yeah. They they miss us. The camels. I don't think of camels as being that interactive, but apparently, no, well, no, they spit a lot, Lynn. You don't want to. Yeah. You definitely want the eight to ten feet from a camel. I'll just tell you that <laughs> okay. from personal experience. Okay, but they miss us. And then you know who else really misses us? The parrots. The zookeeper said that parrots keep trying to remove their masks. They don't like it. They like to see people's faces. So, oh, so there you that's go. That's so interesting. Okay. Oh. And here's something to think about when you're thinking about the massive black holes and the dust storms and four billion years. Here's what one zookeeper said. We think we are watching the animals, but they are watching us. Mm -hmm. Uh It's pretty deep. That is (laughs) pretty deep. Pretty pretty deep. For for a shallow report, Leanne, you went went deep on it. I appreciate it. Uh, well, sisters, in 10 days, Nana Camp starts, okay? Um, and I think this Nana Camp, this is when my grandchildren, you know, we're going to be in college, we're going to go to Colorado, and we're just going to, we have camp um, there every summer. But I think this 2020 Nana Camp is going to be like no other, okay? And I think everyone all across the country, they're planning their own summer camps at home. Two big themes. I think that it's going to be outside and out of the box. Those, that's, those are going to be the themes for this year because 
as anyone, any one of us that has lived through the last four months of e-learning, staying at home with the stay-at-home orders knows that that they're, you know, I don't need a child development expert to tell me that the kids don't need any more screen time. They don't need any yeah. more. Yeah. And they're, they're also, Liz, you know what? Kids are sick of puzzles. They don't want to do any more puzzles, okay? <laughs> and, you know, board games, done. They're done, okay? They've that just, you have, if you know, here are my tips. You've really got to go out of the box. What I like to do, I think, as I start Nana Camp with my campers, I think you have to set up expectations. Have, sit down with your campers and may have them make the list of all the things they want to do, whatever it is this summer. Have them each make a list, make it together. But you set the expectation of things you can do this summer and things you're, that are not, you're not going to be able to do because of closures. Yeah. Um, then together, you, may, you put it on the calendar of when you're going to do all these things. And oh. particularly with multiple campers, Liz, different ages, yeah, yeah. competing, sibling rivalry, all that stuff. Right. Everybody, everybody, gets, everybody needs uh, to get something on the calendar. Okay, so, but here are the things about 2020 rules. I mean, this is absolutely the summer to let them eat ice cream for breakfast, okay? <laughs> let, them, let them stay up till midnight, let them cook their own dinner, let them eat it with their feet, whatever, whatever. whatever. Yes, uh, time, time has no meaning, sure, time, really. whatever. Okay, so, but, but Liz, time does have a meaning because... This is, if you've never run a camp in the summer, here's the most important uh, uh, two words, uh-huh. rest time, rest time. Oh, okay. You, right. everybody has, needs it. Okay. The counselors need it. The campers need it. <laughs> you, you have a designated rest time. They don't have to sleep. They just have to stay on their beds. Okay. Other oh. thing, t-shirts. I, I think everybody needs a, if you go to camp, you need a t-shirt. No, thanks to Liz. There are some adorable Nana Camp t-shirts that if you want to order these for your campers, you know what else they need? All campers need this summer. They need booths, Liz. Okay. Oh, booths. Yes, they do. Right. They do. I think this is the most practical thing for kids this summer. I mean, yes, they're, they're going to have to wear face masks, but if they put on those booths or buffs, whatever you call them around their neck in the morning, then they have them on. Then they're not yeah. going to lose them. They're not, you know, the, the, the face mask isn't going to fall out of their pocket. They're not going to have left. It's there. You see it. You've identified your kids. You know where they are. And then at any moment, they can, you know, mask. They can cover their face. Yeah. Julie, I am sitting in a bedroom closet in Bend, Oregon, and I have my booth around my neck. That's, that's, I've started doing that. I get up in the morning, I get dressed because I always take Hooper out for an early walk. I put that thing around my neck, and then it's always there all day. So I can always keep my face covered in a pinch. I, I think this is the best thing for kids. And then mm-hmm. finally, Leanne, you're our producer here at Satellite Sisters. And you always like to have a big finish. I think that's what uh, Nana Camp 2020 needs is a big th- finish. I, you know, I'm working on mine, but I think you want to build some excitement to a crescendo at your camp. So you save some of the, the biggest, funnest stuff to do right at the end. So oh. big finish. How about do you have that? like like color wars or something? What are you thinking? Well, I, you can you can do that, Liz. Again, anything outside. Maybe it's the camp. We're going to sleep in a tent. Maybe we're going to do oh. something like that. Go on a yeah. you know overnight backpack. I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna work it out. And wherever you are running your summer camps, big finish, Liz. When you and I ran a summer camp, that was yes. our first jobs <laughs> together. 
We, we did. Had big, we had a big fi- finish. Do you remember what that was? We had no. our cousin. We had our cousin Patty Kirshner, who at the time was a, sort of a theater major, and she came to the summer camp as a witch. And remember that she scared all the kids. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> we had a sort of some big drama thing right at the end, and she was oh. a witch, but she was okay. a pretty scary witch. <laughs> I say that in the kindest way, Patty Kirshner, just in case you're listening to this podcast. You know, we loved yeah. having you participate, but it was a big finish. Yeah. 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 We did. Yeah. Julie and I ran a summer day camp for, for several years uh, at a beach on Long Island Sound. So you have a lot of experience, Julie, both back in the early days and lately with your grandchildren. So those are good tips. Those are, yeah, people need to follow the Julie rules, rest time and, you know, boof around your neck at all times. Okay. Good yeah, luck. I like a talent show at the end. Some sort okay, of see, oh, that's, that's a good, good. one. That's, yeah. a, that's a big finish, Leanne. Yep. Yeah. yeah, right. I, yeah. right. And the, you know, just to super commercialize this, the Nana Camp t-shirts are for sale at the Satellite Sisters shop. So if you go to SatelliteSisters.com and you click on shop, it takes you through to that. You can, uh, you can, and if you're Urban Nana, you can be wearing the Urban Nana shirt and the kids in your camp can be wearing the Nana Camp shirt. So there you go. It's all kinds of good stuff there in the store. Way to go, Liz. Thank you, Joy. (laughs) All right, we... We come back. We're swinging from summer camp to ice cream watermelon tips. So really hitting it hard today. Uh, but first, we want to thank our sponsors. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here. And we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. We are back. And a couple of things I want to mention. Um, My book, The Sweeney Sisters, is out. Many thanks to the people who showed up this week. I would like to just apologize to Joy Redman and her book club. (laughs) 
I, again, another way pa- the pandemic kicked my tush this week. I almost forgot a book club, which is oh. Um, oh, wow. my worst nightmare. Yeah. I had put it on the calendar for July 24th and it was June 24th. So Ooh. I did my normal free Wednesday Crowdcast book club, super lively group. Thanks to all the folks from uh, St. Mary's College that were there. That was a ton of fun. Really great to have you, Muffin, and the whole group from St. Mary's. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and then I went and I took a nice shower and I made dinner and I was having a glass of wine. And I checked my email. I was like, Leanne, are you coming? I was like, holy cow. So I... <laughs> I'm sure that's what you said. Holy cow. <laughs> holy cow. I clicked on that Zoom link. Just, uh, I had wet hair, my glasses on, no makeup. Uh, I would, <laughs> and Joy and her crew were great. We spent a fun hour on Zoom talking about the book. So big thanks. Uh, but the book is still out. I love that people have organized book clubs around it. If you want information on the book club stuff that I'm doing, you can go to leandolan.com. I'm doing a free Crowdcast one every Wednesday, but I'll work with you and your book club schedule if you want to do something uh, outside of those Wednesday book clubs. I would love to love to work with you on that. So there's a contact form there at leandolan.com. That's the best way to get to me about the book club helps keeps me organized so uh many thanks for everyone who's bought the book supported it posted photos of the book encouraged their satellite sisters to read the book i can't tell you enough i appreciate it and joy thanks very much for your patience (laughs) uh next week on the show um we have a special uh, you know it's a holiday episode so we'll be honest we're pre-taping it uh but you're gonna get two good segments liz you're bringing a whole working it out segment we're gonna get some workplace advice from you next week yeah, yeah, there I mean people have so many questions about what they have to do at work, what they're allowed to say no to, who they can ask for guidance cuz everybody's just getting a lot of misinformation and it's creating a lot of drama. So we're going to try to answer some questions about that, Leanne. Fantastic. And then uh, we're going to be speaking with author Susan Wiggs. She has a new book out next week, The Lost and Found Bookshop. Julie and I both read it and enjoyed it. I've had the pleasure of doing a couple of writer events with Susan, so I'm happy we can talk to her. Julie, the book has a really strong storyline about caring for aging parents. It was very touching, didn't you think? I, I think, and it really rang true. If you're in that situation, I know you will enjoy this book. For that reason, and many, many other elements in the book, too. Right, Leanne? Yes. Yeah. Got some good romance there. I I love the setting. It's a bookshop. Who doesn't love books about bookshops? So next week, uh, it's a special Satellite Sisters we'll be releasing on 7-7. But Cooking with Liz, Liz, that's happening now. Fourth of July special. Yeah, the 4th of July special. So let's review the plan here. So I did not do any cooking with Liz over this past weekend. Well, now you know it's because I was a prisoner in a motel and watching watching old movies. Okay, but the road trip is over and I'm here now. So uh, for the 4th of July, I'm going to go through the steps of making Leon's special watermelon ice cream extravaganza. Now, Leon, this was a recipe that our mother originally developed and would serve to us. But you have, as we say on Satellite Sisters, as we say on Cooking with Liz, you have elevated it, Leon. You have mm-hmm. elevated it. And so uh, three days this week, I'll review the details later. I'm going to show everyone how to make the watermelon ice cream extravaganza. But what are the biggest do's and don'ts? Okay, it's just two big categories. First is preparing the watermelon, okay? 
Yeah. yeah. You have to prepare that right. And I think this is what I do a little bit differently than our mother. Uh, the idea is you put ice, you, you scoop out the watermelon of an actual watermelon and you fill it with ice cream. Right. To do That's that, the basic I, idea. Yeah. To do that, I found that the, the more frozen the watermelon is, the better this turns out. The more consistently it turns out looking great and holding okay. up uh, to serve. So you need to scoop out that watermelon within an inch of its life, get it all the way down to the green, doesn't matter. Then you need to salt salt the carcass, tip it over, drain it. You uh-huh. want to drain all the water out and the salt helps the water comes out. And then you want to stick it in the freezer. And it really helps if you can freeze it overnight. So okay. don't short, don't, don't, uh, short trip that you got so the water, gotta, the watermelon prep itself is key, even yeah. though that's really just the shell for what you're creating. Right. Cause yeah. if you don't do all that, it retains too much water. And then as you take the watermelon ice cream out and it starts to soften for serving, it also gets watery. Oh, uh-huh. okay. You don't you want don't, that. Okay. okay. It you doesn't don't want that. No. So, and then it also helps to freeze in between the layers of ice cream. Okay. So the actual process can take a while. Okay. It's like, it's like letting your nails dry in between coats. It's exactly, exactly the same idea. Yeah. Okay. I never, I never really bought that. Okay. Yeah. Again, I don't think we're surprised. I, I don't. We're not surprised us. about that. Yeah. So, hey, Liz, yeah. this is Julie just throwing in this tip. You might want to start with a cantaloupe, just the yeah. carving part of it. Just I, the knife work, the, you know, carving a watermelon, you got to be careful. And I know you got that big, big bad boy knife now. So yeah. maybe buy No, no I don't, Julie, because I, I did not bring my new chef's knife on my road trip. So oh. I have to, one of my tasks oh, today okay. is to go through my kitchen here in Bend and see what I actually have equipment wise. Cause oh, I don't know. I don't know what's here in this house. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so you definitely should start with a cantaloupe before you do. Oh, okay. uh, actually it's, I, yeah, no, she's going to be fine. I, I believe, well, first of all, I know, cause I bought a set of knives for that house. So you're going to be fine. You have some. Okay. Good. Knives up there. Okay. Okay. And by the way, I, when I went to the store yesterday to stock up, they do have things called personal watermelons, Julie. So it's like right. watermelons. For, yeah. So I, I could make a small one, but I don't want to do that. It's an extravaganza. It's I'm going to make a test batch. Yeah. Just yeah yes. Together. Okay. I, I could test batch a personal watermelon. Okay. All right. I believe in you, Liz. Again, okay. this is not cooking. It's no, just a, it's not it's, cooking. Yeah. No, it's scooping. Um, and then yeah. the second thing that's important is ice cream selection. So really don't uh, don't wait till the last minute. What you're okay. trying to do is mimic the layers of a watermelon. And if you look at a watermelon, after you cut it, there's the green layer, then there's a light pink layer, and then you get to the, you know, the classic pink layer of the watermelon. Yeah. And so I use, this is where I elevated it for my mom's recipe. I use three different ice creams. I use a lime sherbet for the green. Then I use some sort of light pink element. So maybe that's strawberry. If you like strawberry, I know there's some good blackberry ice creams up there in Oregon. I've used that before because I'm not a huge strawberry fan. Uh, You could use watermelon. If you wanted to, you know, ooh, that would be very meta. So, but it can be hard to find lime sherbet. That is not easy to find. So you may need to go to several stores. So be on the lookout, start now. And then in the middle, you want to use either, depending upon what you like, a raspberry sorbet or a raspberry sherbet, something with a really rich, beautiful pink color. 
And then the chips, you can even find now really good raspberry sorbets that come with good dark chocolate in it. That is also, you might want to test that. Yeah, but you need three half gallons. You need basically two half gallons of ice cream and then like a quart or a a pint of the sorbet for sure. So, so, so take some time picking out the ice cream because, and then get the, get the right, um, get the ice cream cones that are bright and cheery, the pink and green ones. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was a thing. Oh, okay. All right. I think (laughs) I'm glad we had this review session. Hey, I hope you're taking notes. Yeah. Yeah. Do not, do not, do not choose the, the ice cream selection is very important. That's what I would say. Well, so of course, that's the Those part that people cool. eat. It needs to be yes. delicious. Right? Yes. It needs to look yeah. great and taste delicious. Okay, well, this is really a lot more work than I was <laughs> thinking about. So uh, <laughs> it's a good thing every season of Cooking with Liz is three days. So so here's the plan. So it's Tuesday morning as we record this. So what I'm going to do is Wednesday at noon Pacific time, Thursday at noon Pacific time and Friday at noon Pacific time, you will see the premiere and then episode two and then the finale. So tomorrow at noon, we will be carving out that watermelon and talking through the rest of the preparation. But tomorrow will be about getting getting everything started. So so that's okay. That's very exciting. I got to I better get on this. You better get on <laughs> I got to get on this. Okay. Well then, but, but then my other question is, so there's, that's a lot of leftover watermelon, right? If yeah. you're carving all the watermelon out of the watermelon shell, I was thinking it would be a good excuse to make some kind of watermelon cocktail. And oh. so, yeah. Don't you think that that would yeah, be very, very festive? Yep. So I was Googling around, you know, of course there's the classic watermelon margarita. Maybe that's the way to go. But I know, Leanne, how much you love Valerie's Home Cooking. That's Valerie Bertinelli's TV show on the Food Network, right? I love and, it. I love her. I love it. Okay. Well, I've never watched it, but she has what looks like a very tasty recipe for watermelon cocktails, which Ooh. is water, watermelon, lime juice, sugar, uh, tequila, and orange liqueur. Mm, optional. Ooh. Optional. Yeah. Not not in my house. That's not optional. So um, I'm thinking I might also at some point over the three episodes uh, make the watermelon cocktails. Maybe that'll be for the final episode. But um, there might be some equipment I need to procure, need to get, you know, who I need to get on the blower to make sure I'm ready to, to do these cocktails. So so we'll see about that. I don't know if I have the equipment ready for that. But that's the other thing I'm thinking about doing this season. So it's going to be, it's an extravaganza. So then the idea is everything is done by Friday afternoon. So the 4th, the 4th of July, you have you have your watermelon to serve. So I hope people, yes. I hope some people will be inspired to try this at home. Because yeah, yes, sure it's, it's a winner. It's a yeah. winner. Looks great. Tastes great. Everybody loves it. Okay. If you're, yeah. I, even if you're just by yourself, it's delicious. <laughs> Which so far I will be, but that's okay. It's a it should, it should last the whole month of July here. For okay. Me. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. That's All right. Enter entertaining sisters. We have a couple of minutes for that. Julie, you have a book you wanted to yes, recommend. Yes, I did. I did. While I was avoiding all human contact, I read Eric Larson's new book the splendid and the vile. And this is the saga of Churchill, his family and the defiance during the blitz. Now I'm sure you're thinking, haven't we all read this book already? Haven't we, we've seen all those movies about the blitz. I am telling you, this book is so fresh and so fascinating. 
it is you just you just read it you can't put it down it's drawn from the churchill family family diaries so you get a lot of the backstory of clementine his wife clementine his daughter mary and just i mean just sort of the what was really going on that here he was you know trying to fight off the germans but in the evening, they would have these dinner parties where women were still like dressing in gowns and, you know, everybody was, you know, putting on all their best. I mean, it's just a fascinating look at that period in London. It's all, you know, it's really gives you a fresh look at that. I would recommend the book, Eric Larson's new book, The Splendid and the Vile. Okay. It's, it's a winner. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, put that on your list. And now, secondly, uh, this is rare. This I, I should mark this down where I make a music recommendation, but I want to recommend a Southern California melodic punk rock band. Okay, called Chaser. <laughs> you heard that right. I know this is unexpected. Yes, this is okay. Melodic punk rock. Chaser is the name of the band. And here's why I want to recommend them. I want you to uh, buy their, you know, just buy their music because I think they are great. This band, uh, they're, out, they're out in your area. They contacted Educational First Steps, which is, you know, the not-profit agency that I'm on the board of that works with low-income child care centers. And they said they've really been moved by what is happening in the U.S. since the murder of George Floyd. So they, as a band, decided to donate a portion of their sales, one to a social justice cause, one to an educational cause, and one to an environmental cause. And they used something called charitynavigator.org, which you can use as well. And they looked around for something in the education area and they found EFS. And so wow. they have decided to donate money to Educational First Steps to help us create more high quality learning centers uh, for the zero to five age group in the, the North Texas area. So I say rock on, Chaser, and thank you very much. Okay. That's great. Okay. All right. Sure. That That's amazing, story? Julie. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. a great story. Chaser. Okay, I'll put Chaser. a link in the show notes, but Chaser. Okay. All right. Julie, melodic punk band. It's... Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, I'm my... looking at their uh, Facebook now. I don't want to hit play, but looks like a legit band, and they just signed with um, – P records. So there you go. P E E records. P records. Okay. They're in the okay. P records family. Okay. So Fantastic. everybody, we, we, we're going to do it now. Melodic punk rock. Okay. <laughs> do it for the kids. <laughs> I was very suspicious of this pitch, but now I understand. All right. <laughs> okay. I have a recommendation that is really just reinforcing a previous recommendation. Lynn, uh, in, on your uh, Facebook page, right? Last week yeah. uh, at Leah Dolan, you interviewed the author Gina Fattori. She's the author of Spinster Diaries. And then you you also posted that on the Satellite Sisters page, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I watched it and it was just a totally charming interview in every way. She was so much fun. You two had so much fun talking. If people haven't gone and listened to that interview, it really, really is a lot of fun. But she was so entertaining. I was like, I am going to get this book. So on my otherwise dismal road trip, I listened to The Spinster Diaries. Oh, good. Which, which was super fun. It is such a funny book. Especially, she's very funny. Oh, my God. She's great. And, you know, especially if you are a spinster. 
She's got a lot of good comedy about just the the long unmarried uh, like us out there. So I like the fact that she's reclaiming the word. But anyway, anyway, just a very a wildly entertaining, fun story. It's not a super long book, uh, but it was really a lot of fun. It was the highlight of my road trip. So I just want to recommend that to people, The Spinster Diaries by Gina Fattori. That's on our, uh, that was one of your picks on the Best Feedback book list, right, Leanne? So, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so check it out. The audiobook was good. I'm sure read, sitting and reading it would also be delightful and entertaining. Yeah, and she's a longtime TV writer. So uh, the, a lot of the conversation was also about her TV work because she's literally written for every show. I mean, yeah. she's written for everything from, you know, the Gilmore Girls to Parenthood to Californication. So she's she and she's just a very delightful talking about what those experiences are like. So we had a lot of fun talking. We, we literally could have talked TV all day long. Uh, but um, I I. I had other things to do, but uh, as did she, she's developing several television shows, but I created a list page at bookshop.org. Now that's the, the new online resource that supports independent bookstores. We'll put a link to that. I've been trying to spread it around everywhere. It's fun. It's almost like creating those Spotify playlists. You can create book lists. So I, if you wanted to go and pick up all the satellite sisters, beach bag books, they're there. If you want to pick up all the Leon Dolan Satellite Sisters books, they're there. There's a new book list I just put up, recommendations from May and June from the show, both personal and things we talked about. There's a list there, and you can just buy them there. So it's under Leon Dolan uh, slash Satellite Sisters. You can go to bookshop.org, and we'll spread the link around. It's a super easy way to organize all the books we recommend now and to benefit um, bookstores in t- around town. It's great. Around your town. You can pick the mm-hmm. one you want. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we got to get going here. Uh, yeah. To-do list. Okay. Uh, Liz, what do you got? Okay. Well, this is it. The big countdown begins, everybody. Uh, we are putting the finishing touches on our new website. So right. the new website, the new SatelliteSisters.com will be going live for next week's episode. So on Tuesday, July 7 is when you will be able to see it. So we're just in the process of, you know, just the final punch list items, just a few little tweaks here and there, uh, but it's going to be super fun. So everyone can look forward to that uh, next Tuesday. And we're just, that's, that's my main to do for the rest of the weekly. And it's just to make sure it's all ship shape. Great. Well, my main to do is just to get more meds for Steffi. Uh, there are no Fourth of July fireworks this year oh. officially, but so now it's just fireworks all night long, every God. night, and she's doing pretty well. But I think by the time we get to the fourth, she's going to need some doggy downers. So okay. I called the vet yesterday. Going to pick those up today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get the meds. What do you got, Jewel? Okay, well, of course, I'm firing up the blueberry muffin uh, recipe. We'll be making some blueberry muffins for the 4th of July. And the other thing I'm doing is I'm prepping my American flags. I have some little American flags. But, you know, they've been, like, in the garage. They need a little refreshing. And and Mom used to always do that. She used to, like, iron them and starch them so they'd stand up straight. So that's what I'm going to be working on. That'll keep you busy. All right, we would like to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show many thanks sergio uh, sisters have a good safe week stay yes yes happy oh, fourth of july happy everything yes happy care. everything all right don't forget all your satellite sisters